Welcome to the weekly podcast from Faith Community Church in Janesville, Wisconsin. For more information about Faith Community, please visit our website at www.faithcommunitychurch.net or check us out on Facebook by searching Faith Community Church Janesville. You can also reach us by email at podcast at faithjanesville.org. You can be a part of this ministry and help advance the kingdom by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a five-star review. This helps us spread the word of God in the podcast world, allowing us to better reach more people in the name of Christ. So, we're good. So, welcome to all of you online, whatever state, whatever country you're streaming us from, YouTube, Facebook, website, whatever platform, we welcome you today. I also know for a fact that there are some of you out there who live in this region who've never come in person, who watches every week. Invite, I'm inviting you right now, come and join us next week. Come to the campus in Janesville, we would love to have you with us. So let me just, before we get into the message, let me just give you uh, a little report. Sometimes, you know, if you come, if 10 o'clock service is the only one you come to, sometimes you're not aware of things that are happening in the other services. The Saturday night service that we have, did you know that's actually our largest service? Do you know we stream that service into the Philippines and reach over 2,000 people every single week in the Philippines? So it's not just the group that's there, but we're reaching many, many people in the islands of the Philippines. And the 8.30 service, the traditional service, we just added a facility in Stoughton with 600 rooms, and they've become our eighth facility. So we stream the traditional service to eight different facilities in the region, in Illinois, mostly in Wisconsin, and so they join us uh, for that service. They can't get to church, nobody can come to them. So we bring church to them. So those are some exciting things that are happening in our church that I wanted you to be aware of. And we give God glory for that. So we are going through the life of Jesus and the gospel project. And our bookmark is fill the jars with water. So I think you know where we're going to be. John chapter 2. Let me see your hand today. I, I have asked this question at 8.30 this morning. I asked it at 5 o'clock last night. I've only had one hand go up. I'm going to ask it again today. How many of you love and embrace change? When change comes, your favorite restaurant changes the menu or the church is going to change. I got two in this service. So three, four, four. Do I I have four? Do I have five? Do I have five? I got five. Do I have six? I got six. This service is out of control. All right. So I'm preaching to the right group this morning. We're going to talk about change. There was a philosopher, Heraclitus, and Heraclitus said, he was a Greek philosopher who lived 500 BC, he said the only constant in life is change. And that's, that stayed with us all through the centuries, hasn't it? And it's so true. We don't like it, most of us, seven of you do, most of you don't, and we like things the way they've always been, right? And people are people, and even in Bible times, they were the same way. But there is change that is coming, and Jesus is going to inaugurate that change with his first miracle. You might argue and say, well, when the fish came into the boat and the nets and it sunk the boat, 
That was a miracle. I'm not going to argue with you. But the fact is the Bible caused this, the first miracle. And somebody could look at that and say, well, that's a natural occurrence. A school of fish went in the nets. Some skeptic might say, well, that, you know, that's not a miracle. That was a natural phenomenon. It's rare. But, well, you can't. What's going to happen in John chapter 2 is a miracle. There's no other way around it. It was a manifestation of supernatural power. So it says, on the third day, and a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. So this is a friend of the family. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Now, this is a big problem. This is a big problem for two reasons. One is that a wedding in that time lasted for a week. That's right. You had to put up with your relatives for a whole week. You're griping to Mona because you have to do it for a day coming up in November. They had to do it for a whole week, right? And so, and wine, they had really a problem getting clean water, having clean water. So wine was not a luxury. Wine was a necessity. Wine was something that they had to have all the time. It was a clean source of liquids. And so this would have been an embarrassment. If you are the bride and the bridegroom, and you have this big wedding, and it's going to go on for a week, and you run out of wine this early, that is a blemish on your reputation. It means you didn't prepare, or you don't have the money, and you're, you're poor. But whatever the case, Mary seeks to involve Jesus. Now, what is she saying to Jesus when she says, they don't have any more wine? Is she telling him to go to the grocery store? No, they don't, that's not how it worked back then. Mary knows things about her son that nobody else knows. And Mary knows what he can do. And I believe here Mary is asking for him to do a miracle. I believe Mary is saying, I know you haven't really started your public ministry yet. You're just forming your team right now. And you, I know what your plans are. You've shared them with me. I know what you're going to be doing. It's amazing but could you start a little early? Could you do something right here, right now? Jesus replied, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. And that sounds rather curt when we hear it. And that's because we're interpreting it in our modern day vernacular. Now, if we say woman in a, in a way like that, woman, it's a, seen as a derogatory thing. But I want to let you know that this was not derogatory in any way. In fact, there is no really good way to translate this Hebrew idiom that Jesus used into our language. The scholars say the best way you can think of it is if you were to see a woman and you kind of bowed down and said, my lady, that kind of thing. It was actually very polite, very respectful. And so he was not being rude to his mom. He's being very respectful. He said, my hour has not yet come. Jesus changes his mind, and he decides to do what his mother has said. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. My son might ask you to do something that doesn't make sense. My son might ask you to do something that you think is strange, but I know my son and whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And they're going to heed her advice. 
Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. That's quite a bit. We've got a picture of what those ceremonial washing jars would have looked like. And you can see they're pretty large, and that's a lot of wine. To fill six of those all the way to the top means this wedding has a lot of guests, but the wedding is going to go on a very long time. Okay? Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And of course, you wouldn't take water to the master of the banquet to taste. You wouldn't do that. So these servants are exercising faith. They're listening to what Mary told them to do. It didn't make any sense to them. But somewhere between them scooping out the water and bringing it to the headmaster, it becomes wine. It's miraculous. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned in wine, and he did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants had drawn the water, the servants who had drawn the water knew. Can you imagine the look on their face when they get up there and it's, and it's wine? Right? They could smell it. They can see it. And they're like, probably looking at each other like, what is going on? Then he called the bridegroom aside. And he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you, you, my friend, have saved the best till now. (laughs) I do what I can, you know. Right? Why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus do this? What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, his power, the presence of God in him, and the disciples believed in him. Did he only do this for the purpose of that wedding? Was it only for the purpose of those guests? Or was Jesus communicating something with a far greater purpose? Do you have a message that was far greater than just reaching the guests at the wedding and giving them wine? to drink. Not long after that, Jesus and his disciples are being observed by the people around them. If they're a curiosity, everybody is going to them. Jesus has become the popular speaker, right? And they notice that the disciples of the Pharisees fast, the disciples of John the Baptist fast, but Jesus' disciples, they don't fast. They say, why aren't you fasting? The rest of us do. What is it about you that you don't think you need to fast. Jesus answers the criticism. And one of the things he says in Mark chapter 2, he says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. And as soon as Jesus talks about wine, everybody knows the miracle he did in Galilee not long ago. I believe there's a direct correlation pointing back to that. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. So we have a picture of a wineskin here that we'll show you. And so when the wineskin was new, you'd put in the new wine, and as the wine fermented and the gases were emitted, because the wineskin was new, it was flexible, and it would, it would expand with the wine. It wouldn't break. There was a lot of elasticity there, right? And so it was stretched out. Then once it was stretched out, it was stretched out. It became an old wineskin. And as you took new wine and you put it in the old wineskin, it had no more room to expand and it would explode. And it would burst. And the wineskin would pour out. 
The wine would pour out and the wineskin would be ruined. Everything would be lost. So if you had new wine, you put it into a new wineskin. So as the wine fermented, as gases were emitted, the wineskin would expand. Why did Jesus tell this story? What's the significance of it? We have to understand something here, that the wineskin is the container. The wineskin is the vessel, right? The wineskin is also secondary. It's important, but it's not the essential. The essential is the wine. They needed the wine to live. They needed a clean beverage source. Wine was imperative in that time. The wine was the primary. The container, the structure was the secondary. Jesus was letting them know that something new was here. This is not business as usual. This was change. God was present, and God was about to do something new. He was not interested in patching up the old. He was interested in bringing about the new. And here's the deal, right? God would take the, the, his truth, right? And he revealed it to Abraham. He's the I am, that he is the living one, the, the self-sustaining one, and that man can be redeemed, that God, man can repent of sin and God receive God's forgiveness and that man can know God, and this became the important message. And then there were structures around that, right? There was the tabernacle, and there was the, the temple. There were the rituals and the rules and the things that they did to contain the truth and communicate the truth to the world. The, the wineskin is how the wine comes in contact with the world. And over time, what happened is the wineskin, the structure, became more important than what it contained. Right? And Jesus is telling him, look, something new is here that is going to blow apart the old ways. It's going to blow apart the old structure. God is doing something new. And that is the gospel. And more than that, importantly, it is Jesus himself. He is this new wine that has come, right? And so what happens in the church today? Do we see this in the church today? Do we see the church taking the structure and making it primary or more important than the wine? Than the, the wine skin, when the wine skin becomes more important than the wine, what happens? Imbalance, Right? resistance to good change, right? We say, I love my tradition. We love our structure. We love our program. We love it. And we love that sometimes more than we love Jesus. And Jesus is what's most important. The wine is the primary. The wine skin is the secondary. And Jesus is letting them know the wine skin is about to burst. Something new is here. It's going to take new structures, right? It's going to take a new container because the old way, the old system can't contain it. This should not be new news 
to the Jews. God had told them for hundreds of years that change was coming, that he was going to do something new. Prophet after prophet after prophet for hundreds of years had said that. In Isaiah 42, God says, See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you them. I'm letting you know so you can be ready. I'm about to do new things. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it when it comes? Will you recognize it? When Jesus came, did they recognize him? When Jesus came, did they want to give up the old ways? Did they want to give up the old structures? Or wasn't the fact that they rejected Jesus because they loved their traditions more than they loved Jesus? They didn't want to change. This is the way we've always done things. But God had said, I'm going to do something new. In Ezekiel, he says, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. In Isaiah, it says, for I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. In Jeremiah, God says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. It is this spiritual awakening that he is going to usher in. Now we look at this as the beginning of Jesus' ministry. I want to flash forward to the end of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is on the cross, and he is about to die. And it says in Matthew 27, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, remember what he said? What did he say? It is finished. He gave up his spirit. At that moment, at the same moment, the same time Jesus said, it is finished, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and thicker than your palm. It rent in two. What did that mean? The wineskin had burst. God was about to usher in this age of grace, this age of the Holy Spirit, this age of the church. There's a new wineskin because there is new wine, and his name is Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you some comparisons and contrasts here in a moment. Under the old, the Messiah is coming. We're anticipating him. We're hopeful for him. We don't know how he'll come, when he'll come, But we know he's going to come. But in the new, we look back and Messiah has come. Messiah is here, right? Messiah has brought about the change that God told us about. Under the old, I conformed to the law. But under the new, I am transformed by grace. Under the old, it's this external conformity. Wash your hands this way. Say this. Go there. Do that. Under the new, I am transformed by the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I like the new better. You like the new better? Under the old, God's presence was behind the veil in the temple, accessed by one man one day of the year. The high priest on the Day of Atonement would go into the Holy of Holies where he would offer sacrifices for the sins of the people at the Ark of the Covenant. But under the new... Under the new, God's presence is in every believer, every day, all the time. I don't know about you, but I like the change. 
I like the new, better than the old. Under the old, the work of salvation was ongoing, right? I, I go to the temple and I give my sacrifice and I, I do my washings, I go my ceremonies, and it's this ongoing work, but under the new, it is finished. It's done. Jesus says it is finished, and it means the debt is paid. And I simply receive of his grace. Under the old, the word of God is written in stone. Under the new, his word is written in our hearts. He changes us from the inside out, makes us new, and puts a desire to obey him within us. I live in what's called Janesville Township, not Janesville City. And I learned the hard way that they're very different. When I built my home, we wanted a building permit, and we called to get our building permit, and they said, well, you can't get it today. Joe's fishing. What is this, Mayberry RFD or something? When's Joe get back from fishing next week? So, like, the whole township freezes while Joe goes fishing? This is bizarre, right? So this is the township where I live, and we had a bad road by our house. And it became increasingly bad over the years. Almost like, I don't know if I want to keep driving on this road. Why don't they fix the road? And then it's one day, one glorious day, the township decided to do something about my bad road. They put up a sign about halfway down the road. So you've already been on the road for quite a while. And the sign said, bad road. Boy, it really helped to just acknowledge what we all knew to be true, right? It's a bad road. We have no intention of ever making it a better road. But just so you know, the the road you've been driving on the last half mile, it's bad. And it's going to continue to be bad. They could have put like a little sorry after that or something, but they didn't. It's put bad road, and it turned out to be a bad sign because like after a week it fell down. They never picked it back up. You know, and some people are like that. Some people just give up. I did said, you know what? I, I'm a bad egg. You know, I, I got vices. I am who I am. Deal with it. I, I'm not going to change. I, I know I got problems. I know I, I, know I do things that are bad. I, I know I've hurt some people along the way. Uh, I know it's probably not any good, but it's the way I am. And they just kind of throw in the towel. They kind of put on a sign that says bad road. You know, I'm no, I don't intend to fix it. It's just I can't fix it. it it's who I am. Accept me or not, uh, you know, bad road. Well, there's other, there, there was new hope because we saw big trucks coming. We said, well, maybe now we're going to fix our road. And so they take this, you know, you know paving machine and they, they, pay, they put new blacktop down on the old road. The old road's still there. They just kind of put the black stuff over it hoping that maybe we'll forget the old road. We'll just cover it up with new stuff. We won't change its foundation, but we'll give you new stuff. I'm no construction guy, but I was like, that's not going to work. You haven't really dealt with the problem. You just covered it up. And it's just a matter of weeks before, guess what? Cracks start to show, right? And it's as bad as it was before. Some people do that too. They kind of, they give really up, given up hope for being a, a new person, but if I just put a coat of paint over myself, I'll just read a couple self-help books or listen to a couple TED Talks and 
slop a coat on here and, you know, do some of the things it's telling me to do. Uh, be kind to someone today. Check. Uh, stop swearing so much. Check. You know, and you just kind of put on this little facade, and it works for a while, right? But pretty soon, what happens? All the cracks start manifesting, and the old you shows up again, right? And it, nothing has changed. And then one day, they came with these big old trucks, and they jackhammered the street. And they broke it up, and they hauled away the old road. And I knew it was coming. I saw the gravel come down, the big chunks of gravel, and then finer gravel. And then they rolled over it and rolled over it again and let it settle. And then rolled over it again, and then down came new road. Thick. Right, guys? These are my neighbors. Thick road. I love it, don't you? Every day when I get on that road, I'm like, I love this road. It's so smooth. It's so good, right? Yeah. And I see, I see Matt jogging on that road and Doc jogging on that road. They love it too. It's a great road. But what happened is the old had to go away before the new could come. And that's what Jesus promised to do. That's why the wine is so important. That's why the wine is primary and the container is secondary. The structure is secondary. May we as a church never love our structures and our traditions and our containers, our vessels, more than we love Jesus. Jesus says this. God says this in his word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a little bit better than he used to be. She's not quite as bad. She's still got some cracks, but not quite as bad as she used to be. Doesn't say that, does it? It said, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is what? The old is what? Gone. And the new is here. This isn't an improvement. This isn't a self-help. This is a total transformation from the inside out. And I come to Christ I receive of God's love, and I repent of my sins. I acknowledge that he's Lord, and I ask him to fill me with his spirit, and he changes me from the inside out and does for me what I cannot do for myself. Might it be said of us what Mary said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And if we will do that, if we will follow Jesus, wholeheartedly. He has promised a new you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your past. What matters is the present. Jesus is still turning water into wine. Jesus is still transforming lives, and he will transform yours today if you'll call upon him. Would you pray with me today? Father, we're so grateful today for this story that we've heard about how our Lord said a new time has come. A new order is here. A new wineskin is necessary because new wine is here. And the old cannot contain it. And Lord, you are still transforming. You are still making new. And there are some listening today that have heavy hearts, that have despair, and they wonder if their life will ever change, if they can ever change. Lord, might they not give up and just declare themselves bad might they not be content to just gloss over or coat over the bad with a layer that won't last, with a self-help technique that won't change anything? But Lord, they would ask you 
to transform them from the inside out, to remove the old, that they might be a new person today in Christ. You're still working miracles, and the greatest miracle that you ever work is when you change a life, when you change a heart and take us from darkness to light. We're grateful that you're still doing that today, Lord. Whatever you say, might we do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, next week, you're going to read John chapter 3, the story of Nicodemus. Now, again, you're saying we're going to get out of church early, and I'm telling you, you're not. You're not at all. You're going to be getting out of here your normal time. So here's, here's some announcements, okay? First of all, if you're new to the church, uh, you can stop by the Welcome Center and fill out a connection card letting us know about your visit, and you'll receive Faith Community Church coffee mug right here. It works. And then um, I'm supposed to tell you that Daylight Savings Time is coming up Saturday. Set your clocks back one hour, okay? So we get an extra hour of sleep, right? So nobody should be late for church. All right. Now, it has been Pastor's Appreciation Month, and that's not something we talk about. Because I think, and I do appreciate the cards I receive, they're very nice, but I think the volunteers in our church are just as important as our staff. We couldn't do what we do without you. And what the, gospel, what the gospels say, what, the, what the, the epistles say, is the pastors to equip the church for the work of the ministry in Ephesians chapter 4. And so you guys do an amazing job ministering in our church, and I could start naming the, the departments, and I, you know, you know what you do, right? Those of you who teach, lead small groups, you're in tech, you're in children's ministry, youth ministry, driving a van, usher, greeter, you know, on and on it goes of ministries we have. The staff wants you to know how much we love you and appreciate you and are thankful for you. And so in your honor today, our staff is going to be serving you cake. So after the service, please stop by and grab a piece of cake as an expression of our appreciation, and also grab one of our pictures. We took a photograph of ourselves, and it says that we appreciate you on the photograph. You can take it home, put us on your fridge, right? Don't throw darts at her, nothing like that. Just take it home and keep it as a reminder to pray for the staff of your church. And many times people will come up to me and say, well, I don't know all the staff. So I want to introduce you to the staff using the picture today. We'll take a moment to do that. There's a few right offhand that are not on there. Uh, ben O'Leary, who's part-time with children's ministry, is not on there. Um, Haley Schwant, who's part-time in State Line with children, is not on there. Uh, Osvaldo Vera, who's part-time with Spanish, is not on there. And Jerry Dornbush, who's part-time with the radio ministry, is not on there. Speaking of the radio ministry... Dr. Nagobi, I think many of you know Dr. Nagobi, is working really hard in Uganda with a secular station. Christian radio is very prevalent in America. Uh, it's not prevalent in Africa. And she is working really hard and, and looking like an open door for us to begin broadcasting our radio program in Africa. And so I'll be praying about that. We get offers all the time. I do to, you know, come to our station in Tennessee or come to our station in California or whatever. 
That doesn't appeal to me. There's a lot of pastors already on the radio, a lot of churches, and it costs money. And I'm thinking, is that really a good use of our church's money? I, I feel like this, though, really is. Uh, and so she's raising financial support for it, and she thinks we'll do a good job getting the gospel to her people, right? And so pray for that. Pray for an open door to begin a ministry in Africa. So let me introduce you to our staff. And I'm not going to tell you in great detail what they do. Just give you their name and what ministry they oversee, okay? And we'll start with the left. This is Pastor Jesse Knopp, and he is over our assimilation ministry, pastor of assimilation. Felix and A.V. Hernandez do a great job cleaning our church. We appreciate them. Uh, Pastor Mike Powers is our youth minister here at the church. He's full-time. Pastor Gary is full-time. Gary Shields with shepherding. Pastor Samuel Torres is full-time with our Spanish service, which it starts at 1230 today. Itzel Torres, Sam's wife, he helps out Laura and Judy and helps out these two and helps out Pastor Sam. She's part-time. Pastor Tim Bales is our discipleship pastor. This guy is the guy that can't keep his eyes open during the photograph, so everybody has to come back, reassemble, take the photograph again until he finally has his eyes open. This is Laura Bergeron. She is over our, she's our community liaison, full-time with the church. Tina Smith is our children's minister. She's full-time with children's ministry here. Keith Harmon is part-time with tech. And this is Phil, Al Phil and Jean Allen, our full-time at the Stateline campus in South Beloit. And Judy, she's worship, and Phil is the campus pastor. Judy Crabtree's full-time with bookkeeping. Josh Barker is full-time with worship. Amy Engels is part-time with operations, so she's operations, building and grounds. Pastor Jesse Thompson is full-time with family ministry. Rachel Martin is part-time with the nursery and the sensory room. Pastor Logan Schwant is full-time with uh, our systems. He's over our systems, and he's assistant to Dr. Allen in South Beloit. And uh, Pastor Kaya is our lead pastor here. <laughs> all right. So that's the team, all right? Let's stand together. I, I think they're great. Um, they're a great team. And it's great to be a part of them. But again, you are essential to what we do here. And so this is a tangible appreciation of our, it's, I mean, it's just a little piece of cake. But we, you know, we just love you. And I think this is the best church to serve at. Don't you, Pastor Gary? Yeah. Jesse? It's a great team. So they're going to be serving you. And you grab our picture, okay, and pray for us. So let's close our service out in prayer. And if you need prayer for anything after service, come forward so we can pray with you. Thank you for being with us online. Let's pray for our offering. We're so grateful, whether you're in-person giving or online giving, for your faithfulness to our ministry. So we'll pray for our offering as well. Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for challenging us again with your truth. We are excited about the new wine. We're excited about Jesus. And Lord, we exalt you. We recognize you are more important than the vessel. You're more important than any container that we might have. You are the one who transforms. You are the one who changes. 
And Lord, we invite you to change us, to make us new today. And Lord, we thank you today for the ministry that is taking place, and that could not take place without our volunteers. So as a pastor, as part of our staff, on behalf of them, I give thanks for our volunteers who faithfully serve you in so many various aspects of ministry. Bless now our offering, guilt, gift, and giver, multiply it for the work of the kingdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Community Church Podcast. We are glad that you joined us and hope that you were blessed by the message. If you would like to join us in the ministry of sharing the Word of God, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. This helps us build the analytics of the channel, allowing us to better reach people in the name of Christ. Go be the light in your family, your community, and your church. God bless you.